evening and welcome to the Black Robe Podcast. I'm Carol Mitchell and I am excited. I am beyond excited. I'm thrilled. Uh, I have to pinch myself because tonight I am celebrating. Many of you know I've been celebrating for, for 63 days. I'm on like day, I don't know, 37 of 63 days of celebration <laughs> of my birthday. <laughs> and so guess who's in my house tonight? celebrating with me some great news about a new grant funding opportunity that has been awarded to um, this beautiful partnership between Tacoma, uh, I'm sorry, Tacoma Boat Builders. Is that right, Shannon? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's okay. right. It used to have a different name. Tacoma Boat Builders, um, Imagine Justice, and the Big Homie program all collaborating together. Shannon Shea is here. She's the executive director of Tacoma Boat Builders and the beautiful Lorraine Stone, Lorraine Maker Stone <laughs> is here representing the Big Homie program. And I wanna say a shout out to your handsome, wonderful father, Mr. L.A. Stone himself. <laughs> who is the founder and uh, the visionary behind the Big Homie program with you now, uh, leading out front, Lorraine. So congratulations on that. Let's talk about the grant that you have received and what it's all for. Shannon, you want to start, kick us off, and then we'll let Lorraine talk a little bit about uh, the details of how it all will work. Well, it is, uh, it's so new. I'm not sure we're going to be able to answer all of your questions, but um, what we have done is uh, to win a grant from the Office of Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention, their community safety unit, and it's specifically uh, called the Healthy Use Violence, Youth Violence Intervention and Prevention Planning Grant. There were um, three that would go out in the entire state and one in Pierce County, uh, one in Yakima County, and one sort of more over on the east side, which turned out to go to the city of Vancouver. Uh, so there could only be three successful candidates in the entire state. So and you are it? This collaboration it is County. it for Pierce County? That's correct. Okay, you're gonna have to tell us how <laughs> that all Every time somebody says it, I get goosebumps. Well, I can't tell you exactly, right? We just put together the most amazing proposal I've ever seen in my life. And I've never, I've never felt more proud of something than I did of that. And part of what made me so proud was that I knew that it wasn't any one person's work. It was a true collaboration built on sheer grit and determination because we did it really fast, but also trust and people trusting if they didn't know, for example, boat builders, but they knew Lorraine or they knew you, Carol, they were willing to do some, like a quick trust with us to build an amazing team of people uh, and to let us pull together the heavyweight champions that we have at the back end for some of the, the stuff that we knew we couldn't not do, if that makes any sense. It was, it was what exactly, maybe Lorraine can jump in on this, but what exactly is the grant hoping to do? And then what's the plan here in Pierce County, your plan for how that will actually get done? So um, our outcome is to uh, develop a strategic action plan that is going to guide a shift in resources and approaches um, that address 
violence at the very root cause, um, including structural racism and oppression. So we really are looking to um, find the gaps uh, in the data that exists now and um, take these evidence-based approaches and this evidence-based data and um, as well as the knowledge from the grassroots community and experiences and marry the two and, and find a, a, a new way to approach um, youth violence altogether in Pierce County, so. Yeah, we've had a pretty tragic, I would hate to say violent, use the word violence as we're talking about violence, but it has been an incredibly, there's been an uptick in the, in the, the violent crimes that have happened. And unfortunately, a lot of young youth and young adults involved in it. And so um, how is it that you're going to engage? I see, I mean, obviously we have the beautiful young Lorraine. You're young and beautiful too, Shannon. Not <laughs> so am I. We're all beautiful <laughs> and young. You said young at Lorraine's younger. <laughs> and I, she's out front. So is that an indication that you're going to have youth and young adults as maybe co-designers of the plan, as leaders of the plan? Tell me about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> this is very much, we, it's a balance um, between, but very focused on people who have direct lived experience with the impact of uh, violent crime or just violence, right? And particularly it's focused on gun violence. Um, and so with your help and the help of folks from the Washington Alliance for Gun Responsibility and Lorraine's help, um, and also Caitlin Oler, who is the director of the Imagine Justice Project, uh, we were able to pull together a team <clears throat> that is heavily weighted towards people with lived experience, heavily weighted in addition with folks that are, we've got young people here. We also have a few very carefully chosen anchor members on the team. Uh, and it, we tried to keep it at 10, but we couldn't, there were just too many good people. If we weren't careful, it was gonna wind up being 25. I think we wound up with 15. I'd happily read off if, does this, Lorraine, does it seem like a good idea to read off the names of the people here? And this is your planning committee that's going to help committee. you? Yeah, mm -hmm. so this is the community-based planning committee that came together in, in part, not entirely, but in part because of the meetings that we were all part of that were organized by Shalisa Hayes. And I think that would be one person I really feel like we have to bring out and highlight because none of this would be happening without her. Um, yeah, the Alliance for Gun Responsibility really acted as a convener um, and called, you know, put a call to action out to those of us who work with uh, and try to uplift youth and young adults, and uh, not not only in terms of violence, but just in terms of their overall well-being mm -hmm. and capacity to thrive. And so it was a pretty powerful group, um, and lots of people of color were yes. represented there, and organizations like the Big Homie program um, present there too. Um, I do want to just take a minute and maybe talk a little bit about what each of you do in that work to support youth and young adults, because oftentimes organizations go after this funding and they don't really have much 
to offer youth and young adults uh, beyond, you know, some sort of, I, I don't know, <laughs> I, I guess I would call it old school <laughs> programming that may or may not resonate with young people today. They, they're looking for something different than what worked for Carol Mitchell when she was 14, right? Uh, so uh, what is it that Vote Builders is doing, maybe let me start with Lorraine. What's the Big Homie program doing for young people that um, perhaps puts you in a better position to understand the issues of violence and how to address them? Um, well, Carol, you know, you're familiar. My dad is the original founder of the East Side Bloods um, in Tacoma. So, um, you know, work really starts there, right, in his community. And we are a mentorship organization. And so that's largely what we focus on. And, um, you know, uh, addressing home first, right, like East Side, Tacoma, and then Pierce County. And so doing just mentorship work, offering spaces where they can come and talk about the things that they're seeing in their community, where they need support, uh, providing resources when we can, and also connecting them with resources uh, around Pierce County. So mentorship activities, um, it could just look like a number of things really based on their needs. And we are serving youth who are in gangs in Pierce County. That's our niche. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that's what we do. That's a very specialized niche. It has to be very personalized and customized. You have to be trilingual <laughs> right yeah. you gotta you gotta be able to communicate in a language that young people who are gang affiliated will respond to and understand um and and what about boat builders you know when you hear the word boat builders shannon you don't automatically think about violence prevention so make the connection for people who don't know what you're doing down there with all those carpentry tools well it is kind of a weird puzzle, isn't it? Like, and it's so funny because we, which around here, we're like, it is so beyond boats, it's not even funny. But it started with boats. Um, so the Tacoma Boat Builders, originally called Tacoma Community Boat Builders, and it was tough to take that community out, but nobody could ever remember all four words. Um, if we were to do it again now, we'd probably do something different, uh, partly because of where we are now. The thing to know about Tacoma Boat Builders is it was formed to respond to the probation transformation that was happening at the juvenile court in Pierce County and the need for programs and community that were willing to take on young people that were being given opportunity probations and community supervision rather than being incarcerated. And so there was an originating goal with the first program that started here to support young people that would otherwise have been incarcerated and to give them a connection to community with caring adults uh, who could mentor them, not in the way that, that Big Homies does. That is not in the wheelhouse of the original boat builders at all. It was about skills. It was about building confidence. It was about putting tools that could be used as weapons into the hands of young people and teaching them about being useful Right? and useful to themselves and building that confidence in themselves and maybe thinking about a world beyond the world that they were currently living in. And that started in 2014. I think the connection to youth violence in particular isn't just the court connection, it's my background. So my background is, is pretty intensively invested in, in uh, working with populations that have been impacted by human engineered trauma. So I've worked with yeah. uh, child soldiers yeah. 
Yeah, you have you have had a life. Yeah, migrants, refugees, and part of you know my last big kind of gig was out of Mexico working with migrants and refugees that were working their way from south of Mexico, so south and central Mexico, or sorry, Central America, and right all the dis the just the distorted mess uh, that is happening in the southern hemisphere, moving their way up through Mexico, right across the border and into the U.S. and in many cases trying to get to Canada. And a, a big portion of my experience was with all the people who ride the trains, the bestia, um, and that the the gangs that that run all of that, and you know the the narco trafficking and the, the arms trafficking and the human trafficking and what it takes to survive that and get to the border. I have seen a documentary on the people who ride those trains and how dangerous that is and unpredictable. I mean, you really have to have some tenacity to want, you gotta be really focused on getting where you wanna be to go through that. Um, I do wanna bring us back though. Thank you, Shannon, because I think that work, it may be more relevant than we care to admit. <laughs> To yeah, what we well, have and in front of us in Tacoma. It is. And that would be my point is that what I bring to this work, what I brought to vote builders was that eye towards prevention and mm -hmm. what the, that the stakes are genuinely high. We are not kidding around. We have young people shooting at each other and being shot who are dying or being incarcerated and having their lives destroyed either by their own choices, right, or by the choices of others. And um, so we're not kidding around. So lay out for me the plan of attack that this grant funding is going to allow you to create. What, what, what's happening next and how does the community get engaged with it? Give me just sort of a, a layout of what, what your next steps will be. And I think that's you, Lorraine. Do you, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, so um, the original vision of how this all came together was put together by Caitlin, who is um, on maternity leave, so not here at the moment. Um, but basically, there's multiple ways that we're going to be engaging community throughout the course of this project. Um, to start right now, some of the things that we're working um, to develop would be um, tools that the community can access to maintain transparency as we move through the timeline of this thing. So um, we have a website that'll be going up that people will be able to visit um, to get all of the latest updates. We'll be producing um, videos, different media um, pieces of media content. Uh, we have a planning team committee that will be coming together during um, the course of this to constantly review the data um, and steer the direction of like where we're headed and to identify, you know, missing gaps in the data and to share those experiences and to really pinpoint what communities are missing from the table that we need to keep in the loop of this thing. And our planning committee is amazing. And I truly believe like with them. Yes, we are. Yeah, <laughs> with them, we're going to be able to touch um, so much uh, of community. I mean, pockets we pro probably wouldn't have um, in a traditional method of like doing this plan. So we're very proud of it. Um, we'll be having stakeholder groups. We will be having forums. There will be community surveys that go out through multiple streams to reach folks. Um, 
people will be fed, they will be cared for, compensated for their time, um, all the important things of like bringing community in and embracing them. Um, you know we're putting together and doing and so and i think one of the things that's really important too is like having a feedback loop for them so we know that uh what we're doing can you know if it needs to get better or you know do we need to make changes or what so those are all things that we're looking at we have a communications consultant um daryl cruz shout out to daryl because he does many wonderful things in tacoma um, and daryl will be working with us to make sure we really reach those people in community um so yeah we've literally i think we thought about all the things and where we haven't like we have a great team and we're just you know we're ready to improvise and just bring this thing together so well i'm very pleased to be to have been asked <laughs> uh, <laughs> i would say encouraged strongly by a certain lorraine maker stone <laughs> to participate and you know my my bias being in favor of youth and young adults being uh, prioritized in the design process that's that's just my thing you know so I'm really pleased to see this good balance of of the age demographic if we're designing something to address youth violence and there aren't any youth in the room to me it's designed to fail so happy to see that you have addressed that design challenge. And I can also see the influence of uh, Dr. Shea over there, her, her PhD and uh, MBA Lorraine, uh, the PLU MBA all showing up here. You know, I think sometimes people don't realize there's a, a really solid educational background sometimes that helps us quickly pull an idea together and get it down on paper and execute a plan. Um, and I'm, I'm just looking forward with a lot of enthusiasm to what's gonna come from it. Okay, so tell us a little bit now about um, what we can do immediately, if there's anything at all we can do to support the work that's coming for this team. What do you think? I need a second to think about that one. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, I mean, Lorraine and I were talking earlier today, there's the trust building. The, the, the One of the biggest challenges with this is that it has to happen between now and June, the whole thing. An actual strategic plan has to be delivered to the Department of Commerce by the end of June of next year. So it's 42 weeks, if I remember right. I could be wrong on that number, but it's 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 not very much time. The contract has not yet been issued. We're already working. Everybody's working on faith and trust. And I think you, Ms. Carol, and Lorraine, and everyone that was coming to the Alliance meetings, and everyone that's connected to each of our networks that we depend on to roll this work out, we're all going to have to cash in some of our trust chips with people and help get people to the table and help both build and insist on a culture of inclusion and cooperation that requires, and I hope ultimately, this is what I want to, I, I told, I told Lorraine this earlier today, I'm like, I hope I have a whole bunch of really good friends when I'm done with this. I, <laughs> I, 
I think if we walk away from this having eaten together and talked together and, and really worked hard together on something we all care so much about, and this was, I think, part of our pitch when, when we got to interview, and we had to interview. We didn't just put in an application, we had to interview because there were mm. four very highly qualifying proposals. Anybody we know? <laughs> there is, and I wanna give them credit, right? Because there was a pledge of participation and cooperation regardless of who got this. Right. Um, and so, you know, Dr. Lisicich from Safe Streets and, you know, it, she's been paving the way for a long time. And it was important to have that conversation and have that agreement that whoever comes out in the front, everybody still has an interest in making sure that Pierce County is really doing impactful work. It doesn't mean that it's gonna look the same. It's gonna look completely different. That's why there were two applications, right? And you know, everybody's gonna to have to dust themselves off after the surprise. Um, but I think, we're not surprised that other no, folks sort of, might be. Yeah, there are some people who are a little bit surprised. And I don't want to be ugly about that. I, I think what I am is grateful. I'm well, grateful everybody has a time. And yes. you know, when your time comes, nobody can stop your purpose from unfolding. If it's your time, it's your time. And, yeah, and certain organizations had a moment just like this when they hit the scene and totally revolutionized what was happening in Pierce County for youth and young adults. And now this is a opening for, you know, another and different approach that can come along beside that one and fill some of the gaps. It's well, not, yeah. it's not either or it's both and. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that sense that this community is ready for something new. And what, what for me was the amazing thing was it's not just this community, right? We convinced the Department of Commerce and that wasn't for a lack of a whole bunch of other people laying down the groundwork ahead of us, right? And, and that's why I wanted, again, to shout out Shalisa Hayes in particular, but there were other people too, you know, Tawana Nobles and the work that, that she's doing with at least one of the people on the planning team and, there are just so many people that are doing the really hard work here to make sure that that we get it right or more right than we've ever gotten it before. And it's the credit to the team. That's the thing. I it's not. I keep saying to people, it's like it's not me. I it, it's it's Lorraine and it's Carol and it's Shalisa and it's Caitlin and it's the folks that we you know are bringing in as the researchers who were willing to take a chance on us you know, and, and we're willing to put a little bit of faith into things as well. And I think that's also true of everybody else on the planning team and will continue to be so as we move our way out into the community. And you can bet my favorite thing is the, 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 the phone calls and text messages and conversations I get to have with Lauren Stone. Right? <laughs> I know. So much fun and it's hard work, but it's fun. I'm not saying Lawrence is hard work. The work is hard work, but it feels yeah like a moment in time, something important has happened, a portal has opened, we jumped into it. And if we didn't all jump together, we wouldn't have gotten it. No. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful design that you and Lorraine Stone are, and Caitlin Oler, yes. that- I wanna that make sure trio. you're not here, but yes. she you need to kind of hold her here, even though she's not sitting here with us. She's hey. got a beautiful baby boy she needs to be paying attention to right now, but she sent us here with blessings. 
So, yeah, blessings to Caitlin. You know, I she had reached out a year or so maybe ago um, to me to talk a little bit about what Imagine Justice might be doing in the future. Yeah. Um, but I just like the fact that you do have this tripartite uh, leadership team all coming together around a joint vision. And so that's a very beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. A threefold cord is hard to break. So uh, Lorraine Stone, proud of you. Thank you so much for stepping up and into this. I know all your PLU peeps are <laughs> watching your star rise. And I know your father is thrilled and excited for you and to see you spread your wings as am I, Auntie Carol. Uh, <laughs> and Shannon Shay, you know, you know what I call you. I won't <laughs> I won't say it on the podcast, but you know, uh, definitely a partner in the work when it comes to equity and justice for all, which is the mission, of course, of IBJ. So true justice, no exceptions. And the two of you and this work around youth and young adult violence prevention is definitely in that pathway, heading us toward true justice. So thank you for being here tonight. Any final comments from either of you? Anything you want to be sure you say or a shout out to anyone before we close? No, I think we've shouted out everyone. I hope if we didn't, we're sorry, and we still. Love yeah, it. <laughs> I, I mean, we keep singing out uh, Caitlin Oler, but I think there is a Imagine Justice Project, which Caitlin mm -hmm. is the director of. If you just give me a little minute to tell just a little bit of the story of that, because it's 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 part of the story. Um, the Imagine Justice Project was is quite young. It's, it's, you know, it's just barely a little fledgling itself, but it, it has its roots in an effort that's been going on for years that started as the Youth Serving Agency Network, right, which were all organizations that have some kind of program that serves court-connected youth. And there are many of us now, right? What started out as just a handful of organizations is now, I think, almost 30 organizations in town that come together and they were led by Caitlin. It originated at Safe Streets in a partnership between the Pierce County Juvenile Court and Safe Streets. But over the time, it took on a life of its own, right? And the people that were coming to that meeting just kept pulling on it and pulling on it, pulling on it, and making it their own and steering it. And during the pandemic, um, the, you know, the height of it with the shutdown and, it, and so many of the systems just completely knocked sideways and not doing what they were set out to do there was this disruption and some of it was a blessing, right? Fewer kids going in the front door of the court, but there were a bunch of young people who were not getting what they needed. And there is a poor group of people at the YSAN who stepped up and came together and started meeting and pulled together money and created a plan and, and, and started doing the work ourselves. Uh, and so we've got our sister's house and Hilltop Artists and Alchemy Skateboards at the core of that, as well as, you know, at the time, uh, Caitlin with Safe Streets and then Boat Builders. And we just kept coming together and coming together and coming together and finding ways to do things in part because of the second piece of Imagine Justice, which is an AmeriCorps project that hosts 20 AmeriCorps members all in one cohort. And they prioritize people with lived experience, broadly construed. So this could be impact with systems, it can be violence, it can be uh, 
homelessness, it can be mental health challenges, it can be the foster system, it's all those different pathways that disenfranchise people and prevent them from being able to become, right, their most thriving, fulfilled selves. And they bring them together and they don't just put them out there and have them stuffing envelopes. These are young people who are out there to contribute to their community and they will hold you accountable and in no uncertain terms. And they go out there into all these different organizations and then they come back to their core group. And that is the vision of Caitlin, right? And it has, the vision for that goes further they would love to be able to pilot a re-entry project and use some of that AmeriCorps support to hold space for folks that are coming back out of the system who need some experience with work and haven't been able to get it and might not be able to get it because of all the systemic things that keep them from being able to do that. So there's a heavy, heavy vision on justice that's really compatible, I think, with IBJ and with this grant and with what we're trying to build. And it's really exciting. And the other piece of it is the peacemaking initiatives that hopefully we'll get to talk about maybe some other time, but that's really about relationships and keeping our hearts right here. Like knowing all the time, why are you doing this? How do I connect with you, Miss Carol? How do I never forget the day you slapped me on the back with a file folder and you just said boat builders. I love you guys as you walked by. And I didn't, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't met you yet. I only knew your name, but I knew that this powerful woman walked through the space and slapped me on the back of the folder like she knew me and liked me and cared about me. And it became my absolute mission to figure out how to get to know you better. And look where we are, because you pointed me to Miss Lorraine Stone. That was you. Yeah. Well, you know, all about relationships and, and embracing this community in the way that you do. Well, I guess when our teachers are, how's that, how's that go? When the students are ready, the teachers appear, right? And I, I live by the belief, Shannon, that uh, Lorraine has something for me and I have something for her and you have something for Lorraine and you have something for me. It's never a one-way street. We are in each other's lives at this moment because there's something that each of us is going to benefit from that only you and you and me can give to the other. So yep. especially tonight, thank you for the time you gave. I'm looking forward to having you come back and share your progress and especially the plan when it is complete. Yeah. So before June, right? Well, probably like June 29th, but yes. <laughs> no, there'll be a draft plan in place before that, but the final plan that is going to be delivered and then pushed out, that'll be at the end of June. And in between well, then, there's going to be a lot of getting together and talking and listening, lots of listening. Yes, and uh, thanks to the planning committee members. We didn't mention all the names because there are quite a few tonight, but uh, maybe the next time you come on, you'll bring Caitlin, maybe even bring the baby. And one or two oh, of your <laughs> one or two of your planning committee members uh, can join in in the next time for the update. So thanks very much to you, Shannon Shay, uh, Lorraine Rainmaker Stone. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here tonight, and uh, thanks everybody for watching and listening to the Black Robe Podcast. Remember, our vision is true justice, no. Ex 
exceptions. I'm Carol Mitchell. We'll see you next time.